Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here. We're back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio, and we have a very, very exciting show today because we have the author and an executive at Salesforce, Matthew Sweezy, that's going to talk about the context marketing revolution. Now, a few quick things before we dive into this amazing interview, and that is if you have a great customer service or experience story that you'd like to share or you have a question, you can reach out to me on any of the social channels, and you know what they are, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and more. And if you've got a question, make sure you use the hashtag Ask Shep, and I'll answer the questions either right there in the moment, or I might put them on this show, or you might see them pop up on my television show, which is Be Amazing or Go Home, and you can find that show on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Roku, even on YouTube. We're now putting the episodes on YouTube, so YouTube. We always have great segments, great guests, great information. It's all about being amazing. All right, let's get into our interview. Matthew, this is great. By the way, should I call you Matthew or Matt? What do you like? Yeah, call me whatever. Honestly, my mother only put one T in my name, so no one would call me Matt, but that was failed logic. Most people just call me Sweezy, so really Hey, Sweezer. Free. I'm going to call you the Squeezer. Okay. <laughs> no, All, sque- right. Hey, All right, Matthew, I'm going to be straight up here. Great book, and I believe that what we're talking about here is all about creating an amazing experience. Now, before we get into that, let's tell them about your amazing background, because you've worked with Salesforce for how long now? I've been in the family going on 11 years. 11 years, that's great. And a little background before that, where were you? Uh, So, super early employee at a little startup called Pardot, and we helped pioneer the marketing automation space. And that's how Um, you got into Salesforce. Yeah, then we we were sold exactly. Target, and that's why I say in the family for 11 years, yeah. Yeah, that's great, that's great. And tell us a little bit about the book. You wrote this book for a reason. Yeah, it it was really, I was doing some research trying to figure out, you know, what is it going to cost us to, you know, to break through in the future in terms of an idea of how do we reach modern consumers and really kind of stumbled on this, um, this, you know, pretty profound idea of media theory and this concept that we entered a new uh, media era. And that really is the foundational change for, all things that we think about in terms of business strategy uh, and specifically marketing and then specifically consumer behavior and, and how they operate in the modern era. So some pretty heady uh, content here, if you will, but it was a really interesting read. There's some great case studies in the book with some great companies, many of which we'll recommend, but I want to start off. There's a stat that you share uh, that your Salesforce survey data from 11,000 businesses, which showed uh, that the 16% of high-performing companies that enjoyed consistent growth were those that focused on crafting experiences. And again, this is what we talk about, customer experience and customer service. So let's start there. The insights are showing that consumers, regardless of their age, uh, millennial, boomer, whatever generation they're in, B2B, B2C, they're making decisions in different ways. And uh, really what's happening is uh, the whole way we used to do business is rapidly changing. I think it's like almost Moore's law 
uh, Moore's Law you're familiar with, yes? Oh, very much so. Yeah. yeah. And, and so for those that aren't, it's basically the microchip would double in, in speed and capability. I think it was every 18 months or something like that. And it's actually, it's, sometimes it seems faster. I think the way things are changing now, it's the it's, uh, it's same thing in marketing and in the experience, the way people are buying, radically different. So uh, let's start there. Share with, uh, with us some insights that you've gleaned from this information. Yes, you're exactly right. The number one key trait of a high-performing marketing organization is full executive buy-in to a new idea of marketing. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not new marketing ideas. That is a radically new concept and role, scope, and function of what marketing is. And the simplest definition is they buy into the idea of experience and they believe that marketing is the owner and sustainer of all experiences, not simply the creator of messages. Uh, And when that's the case, we then see everything else flow from that executive underpinning, right? So then we start to see budgets change. We start to see organizational shifts change. uh, We start to see marketing tactics and practices change. um, And all those things result in radically different outcomes for those businesses. And by the way, high performers are not just, you know, beating their direct competition by, you know, a percentage point they are 10 times more likely to be significantly beating their direct competition. And it all is underscored with that word experience, right? But let's, let's put a pin on that because we know a lot about experiences. We've heard a lot about experiences, but still there's a massive Delta between what a good experience is and what everyone else is doing. Right? So just the word experience isn't enough because we've heard that before. Yeah. And that's where this word context comes in and is applied and really a contextual experience is an experience that helps a person achieve their goal at the moment that trust has been built by helping them out and then it's parlayed to then move them one step further down the journey mm-hmm. got it so uh, i mean it really is all about the customer experience and you talk about the journey so let's talk about an old exercise that if a company hasn't done it already they need to do it right away and that is the journey map is this a good place for you to start looking at uh, context marketing, if you will? Yeah, so you've got to have a journey map. Um, and, and where most people go wrong in the journey map, it's, this is not a new idea. It's, it's they have a, the wrong concept of persona on this journey map, right? And so if you're not sitting down and actually talking to your individuals, you've got to talk to your customers and know what they're thinking, feeling, and doing in each one of these moments to really understand what you should be creating, right? What is in context, right? How do you reach that context? Um, and, and that's one of the big ideas in terms of revolution is that marketing and these ideas of experience for a, a large part have been internal, right? We are going to sit here, come up with a creative idea. And then if it's creative enough and amazing enough, it's going to do what we want. And the reality is that only worked in a very specific environment when but brands had control. Now that we no longer have control, we live in the infinite media era. We must find a new way to operate. And if you don't talk to people, you're not going to be able to know what that way is. Mm, yep. So you talk about, and by the way, in the journey map, every interaction that the customer has with any aspect of how you do business, the a digital aspect of it's online, interacting with the salesperson, B2B, B2C, doesn't matter. Uh, if you are having an interaction, you, you talk about the experience that what, what people want. And you mentioned uh, that you want, want people to experience availability, permission, uh, personal, authentic, purposeful. These are five terms that you use uh, early on in the book. And if you can expand on that, I think this will give even more, here's the word, context to what we're talking about today. Yeah. So if we 
say that you know a contextual experience is one what consumers desire two uh, it's what breaks through the noise right if there's infinite content what content breaks through and that's determined by artificial intelligence at this point in time and they're operating for context just look at any social media feed um, it's a contextual feed um, google search results they're contextual answers right so you know what then is a contextual moment how do we create context well i break it down to five factors that you mentioned available permission personal authentic and purposeful um, and each one's a continuum right so you know it's super deep there's lots of stuff i wrote about this in the book that you can read but in general what we must think about is these ideas in different ways right if we combine those five elements and look at any amazing experience it really breaks down to those five things Right. And an amazing experience is available, meaning it's in their own personal time, right? They're asking for it. We're not forcing it upon them, um, that it's personal and it's not just personalized. It's how personally can we deliver it? Um, human to human is always best in terms of an experience. Um, we need to think about authentic. Is it an authentic experience? Um, and then is it purposeful? Is it actually, you know, creating something past just the product? Are we helping them achieve some type of a greater goal? Yep. So available. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is it's two o'clock in the morning and I want to go buy something. Where do I go to buy this? Amazon's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Target, Walmart, all of their websites are open 24 hour, seven days a week. Is that what you mean by available? Yeah, I think I mean available more of a macro sense, right? How do we make an experience available? Um, use the continuum is at the lowest level we can force an experience onto somebody at the highest level somebody organically finds this experience on their own how do you force it on them well we force experiences on the people all the time right we put it advertising in front of people um, we send them an email when they don't want something um, anything that we we project onto someone without them asking for it is force interesting so years ago not that many years ago maybe two or three years ago um, ibm uh, bought the weather channel they bought the Weather Channel with the idea that um, weather plays a huge role in customers' decisions and their behavior and logistics and everything else. So I, I wrote an article, and maybe this kind of summarizes it. I, liked, I like ice cream, love ice cream. But you want to know when I buy my ice cream? I buy it in the summertime. I don't buy it in the wintertime. And there's an ice cream store that I go to quite often, and if they know it's me, I think the, what you're talking about is they're going to send me, if you want to call it marketing or content, if they send it to me in the middle of February when it's 12 degrees outside, I'm probably not going to buy it. I'm not, I might even say, why are they sending this to me? And I'll check out. I'll delete and maybe I'll even unsubscribe. However, if they take a look at my data and they recognize, and I know this data on ice cream, Notice, he only buys, his, buys it between the months of June and September. He typically only buys it on a Friday or Saturday night. And you know what's interesting? It's always a temperature that's above 88 degrees. <laughs> it's a hot summer. Uh, so if they send me something in February when it's 12, this is a, exactly the opposite of what you're trying to achieve. Is that an oversimplification? I wouldn't say it's an oversimplification. I'd say what I'm talking about with context, we're going even farther past that, right? That, that's basic personalization of how do we personalize okay. a message to somebody based on data. What I'm talking about is how do we go past this idea of me as a brand, I can create something that just needs to be at the right message, the right person, right time to get them to do something. How do we understand different decision-making processes given people live in a different environment, right? So yes, that, that would be a good idea, a good strategy to follow, but also we could go far past that, right? And we could say, how can we 
work with our audience to create better experiences to get them in there in the first place, right? How can we go past that to create a human to human experience, right? What you just described is a one-to-one -one experience, mm -hmm. one brand message to one person at one time, right? Past that would be human to human, right? Think about all the other ways that we can create human to human experiences um, past that. And, and the example of the, the ice cream store, you know, that email still has to get to you. Right? It's still an email that has to be sent. It still has to go through email filters. Uh, it's still an email, right? We could go and do crazier things and much better things. And we start looking at really radical examples. Such as? You know, we, see, we see everything from Lego creating Ralph the chatbot, which helped people find the perfect gift because the issue wasn't, you know, I need to buy Lego. It was, I can't find the one I'm looking for. There's so many options. How do I make the correct decision, right? You getting ice cream isn't that you may have a craving for ice cream and you just may want to go get ice cream, but there are also other factors, right, at play. We need to get into the decision-making process. We look at this in more of a complex decision process. We start to see that there's journeys involved. We need to be along those journeys. We need to build trust at the moments along those journeys and guide people to the next stop. Um, so there's, there's lots of aspects involved, um, communities, influencer marketing, advocacy. These are all human to human methods um, that we should really try to focus on more. So it's not like, how do we just use data to create a more personalized message? It's how do we be more personal um, with each individual? Yeah, I think that's huge right now. More and more companies are enamored by technology, enamored by marketing and uh, experiences that are not driven by human. And I think the more we get away from the human to human experience, the more likely we are to commoditize what it is that we do. Yeah, and, and the issue was, it was very difficult to scale human to human. Now we have technology that can do that very easily, right? It can connect two people based on lots of different types of data. So rather than creating one brand message to send out, we should find ways to connect two humans to interact together. Yep. All right. The book is titled The Context Marketing Revolution, How to Motivate Buyers in the Age of Infinite Media. We are talking with Matthew Sweezy, and we're going to come right back after this short message. Cult is not a scary word. My book, The Cult of the Customer, proves it. It helps you design a strategy to lead customers and employees through five cultural phases or cults. And good news, I've revised and updated the book. The new edition, The Cult of the Customer, is available for purchase now. It features case studies, tips, and tactics to guide you on the journey from uncertainty to amazement and build a customer-focused culture, a cult of the customer. So what are you waiting for? Go to www.cultofthecustomer.com. Go there today and order. Join the cult that turns satisfied customers into customer evangelists. The cult of the customer. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Matthew Sweezy about his new book, The Context Marketing Revolution. I know this is pretty interesting information for some of us, especially if we're marketers. And by the way, customer experience is the new marketing. And if we can make that experience, everything that Matthew's been talking about, I think we'll do a lot better job of moving our customers along from just being casual observers and, and shoppers to maybe becoming a regular shopper, ultimately a loyal shopper. And I'm using that word shoppers if we're all consumers, but no, it could be B2B or B2C. It doesn't matter. So Matthew, let's Let's talk, I think a good idea would be, uh, let's share some stories, case studies, anything in the book that really uh, will help make this 
uh, concept uh, come to life a little bit more. Cool. Yeah. So let's, let's look at the grandest scale, right? So if we look at the grandest scale of this concept and theory and idea, where we find ourselves is a story with Mercedes-Benz and Tesla, right? We're all familiar with both companies, but let's kind of talk about how they differ. Um, mm -hmm. So Mercedes-Benz, 95 years old, market cap, $50 billion. The most comparable two cars between the two brands is the Mercedes-Benz C-Class and the Tesla Model 3. Now, in 2017, Mercedes-Benz sells 86,000 of the C-Class car domestically uh, at an average advertising cost per unit sold of $926, right? Now, they follow a, a marketing idea where they build a car, then they tell the world about this car, and then they sell the car. And they spend almost $1,000 per vehicle on advertising costs. Exactly right, yep. 926. Mm -hmm. Now Tesla, you know, uh, you know, much younger, 14, 15, I don't remember how many years they're old, $150 billion market cap. Uh, in 2017, they sold 276,000 Model 3s at an average advertising cost per car of $6, right? That's how does that work? It's one 150th. Well, here's what happens. Remember I said high performers have a new idea of marketing, not just new marketing ideas. Mercedes-Benz is just applying new marketing ideas to their old idea of marketing, which is we create a product and we tell the world about it, right? Tesla says, let's follow a different business strategy where marketing is radically different. First, let's work with our market to then create a conversation about getting the world off of fossil fuels. We will then work with them to come up with the idea for that product and then even get them to fund the technology for that product by pre-selling those cars. They then pre-sell that car, then they build that car, and then they continue to market through an amazing experience unlike anything else in the buying world of a car, right? So their business model is they market, they sell, they build, they market. Now, that is a transcended brand, right? That, that is the far off place where marketing is a totally new role, scope, and function and concept. That's really too far for most of us to go. Most of us are just going to have to evolve from our current idea to the next step. Um, so let's stop, let's pause right there for a second and just ask any questions you want about that Mercedes versus Benz. And then we can talk about some other examples of people who've, who've just evolved. Well, I'm blown away that 962, like I said, almost $1,000 versus $6. What does, does Tesla have a cost of... Uh, uh, at the very beginning when they're starting to do this, uh, have these conversations, is this all part of the $6 per unit cost? So in other words, I mean, we've got, you know, you've got $6, but there, there was a lot of research on the front end to know what it is that we want to put in front of our customers. So is that really the entire cost? Is $6 really the entire? I'm just blown away by that number. Like you said, it's one one fifty. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. One one hundred fifty. How does that yeah. work? Yeah. Yes, exactly right. Right. So when the idea of marketing shifts, where we put our finances shift as well. So rather than relying heavily on advertising to force a message out into a marketplace, they use money in different ways. Right. So they've got different conversations going on with the marketplace. You know, the teams to create those that cost money create these amazing experiences across the entire organization. That's going to require a different organizational structure, different team members, different technology. There's a different budgetary cost. Um, you know, so yes, it, it's going to cost money and it definitely does not cost money in advertising. We just shift that money to different ways, mm -hmm. which brings up a really good conversation, which is, you know, where does marketing then fall in the future? 
And the answer is it becomes decentralized. Marketing is no longer a silo department. It becomes a part of everyone's role. Um, and we've heard this in the past, right? Everyone becomes a marketer. But what we really need to understand is now that's literally exactly what's happening. And in fact, what we project is that the role of marketing will be completely decentralized. And many of you listening are, are already doing many of these functions because if you are working on creating experiences, you are working on marketing, right? Yep. Then the question that becomes, how do we then scale this concept? And really, I believe we end up with this concept of the citizen marketer. I believe that any person that is touching an experience is going to be enabled by artificial intelligence uh, and some basic tooling on the back end to be able to create radically amazing experiences to know who to talk to at what point in time, um, to have you know, technology enable things such as nurturing, onboarding at any process in, in the customer journey, um, to be able to, to create a single source of truth so we always know who we're talking to and have full context of the rest of the business's operation. Um, so you know, that's kind of where this will be going for most of us. Right. And up until the point where you talked about AI, I think uh, there, because there's many companies out there and a lot of our listeners, some of them are smaller. They don't really use AI, but think about everything you talked about up until that point where you say, now we're going to start looking at data. You can still get data without AI. Okay. AI can help and support you. Uh, but it's important to recognize that these experiences that you're creating and the way you're you're uh, going out to market. One of the reasons, I mean, people who have a Tesla, they're like a different type of buyer than a Mercedes or most any other car. It's like, uh, it's almost like the way Apple used to be compared to the PC users. I mean, Apple's were kind of, uh, users were kind of outliers, but man, they were radically charged up about what they you know about apple and they it's great they would defend apple to the point of even you know getting into arguments on online chats with pc users or people that would say anything bad about them i mean i think that's part of where we are right now yeah i mean we definitely have tribes um and i don't know if the tesla buyers all radically that different i mean it's you know what they have solved is it's they found a pain point in the marketplace, which is people want to move away from, you know, fossil fuels and, and to create a better world. And they've latched onto that. And right. We yeah. call that purpose driven marketing, right? Something, a conversation past the product of, of why is this a good thing in the world past just buy my product, which is what Mercedes says. They say, buy my product because I'm the best luxury manufacturer. Well, now who's the number one luxury car manufacturer? Tesla. Right. And by the way, I don't think they represented themselves as such. It just happened to be what they are. And to your point, exactly right. they found an area uh, that was being, you know, looked over by, by others. So fascinating information. So again, the book is called The Context Marketing Revolution, How to Motivate Buyers in the Age of Infinite Media. I I'm going to try to even simplify this further. My friend, Tom Baldwin, currently the CEO of Benihana's, the steakhouse where you uh, go in and watch the show while you eat it. It's an amazing experience. Used to be the yeah. CEO of Morton's, the steakhouse. Now, here's what's interesting about Morton's. Do you know that Morton's does no traditional advertising? Sure, they do some social media because for the most part, social media is almost free, uh, if not totally free in some areas. But they did not advertise on radio and TV. Tom's said, our experience is our best marketing and our best people who are in the marketing department are on the front line every single night taking care of our customers. And that was his way of, of marketing. In a sense, I, I, I mean, granted, 
I know we're looking back at history here. Today, there's a more modern version of this with all the analytics and data and AI and all of that. But isn't that what it's all about is to recognize that the experience is everybody's job. Um, it, it's it, people to people, human to human. And I know I'm rambling on here. So cut me off and tell me I'm either right or I'm crazy. <laughs> No, it's, it's, it's totally right, right? It's not a new concept that if you provide a great experience for someone that they're going to be a happier customer, more loyal customer. Um, what we're talking about is this now becomes the creative lens of marketing, right? The creative lens of marketing has to shift away from how can I come up with the best ad copy to get someone to do what I want to really focusing on this concept of it's not just an experience, it's a connected experience, right? It's not just that server serving your table. It was the hostess. It was the building. It was the parking lot. It was getting there. It was right? all it's, of it. It was all of it. And if we can understand that it's entirely, it's, it's all connected. And that is what we must focus on, right? I just was able to prove like, you know, the empirical proof of this is why this is, you know, a solid business strategy moving forward based off some very large research. Um, being, the basic concepts have always been the same. Um, experiences win over anything else. Yep. And it doesn't matter. B2B, B2C, small company, big company, huge company. Yeah. It but works. You know, Shep, let, let's, let's pick on that real quick because experience has been known and you may say, hey, but we know about that. But then we look at the data, right? new research just came out from Bain. There's a 72% delta between the experiences that businesses believe they're delivering and the experiences that right. consumers are actually receiving. So this word experience, it's been tossed around. People really don't understand it right? They must understand the experience is a product. And if that experience is not consistent and not connected, there is no way it is positive. Yep. Love it. All right. We're out of time. Uh, so I always end with one last question. What's the one thing you want this audience that's listening to know, to remember, to get before we get off today? Yeah. Three simple words with not on. We must find ways to work with our marketplace to co-create amazing experiences. It's the only way we're going to be able to scale um, all of these concepts moving forward. With, not on. Love it. All right. Matthew Sweezy, the author of The Context Marketing Revolution. Thanks for being on the show. Really appreciate you taking the time. And we're very excited. If you're listening to this episode, the day it comes out, well, that would be today. And that's when the book is actually being released. So go to Amazon.com. You know marketing. You know experience is important to you and your business, regardless of size, what type of business you're in. This is a book that you want to pick up. Thanks for being on the show, Matthew. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody, that wraps up another episode of Amazing Business Radio. Until next week, we'll have another great interview. This is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.